0: I was just going to see what kind of cool terms, you know, yeah. like when, when my daughter, what did she say? Um, that's the tea. That's the tea, <laughs> Spill the tea. Spill the tea. Yeah. You're spilling it. You're identifying that. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. You ever drink it? No, probably not.
1: Oh yeah. No, I, I drink coffee and tea. Drink milk and no milk. Yes. <laughs> All the teens are oh. cringing right now. I'm so sorry. So tr- hard. Very sorry teens. They're so hard. This is yeah. great. <laughs> and then I'll be in
0: the middle of talking my, and, um, some young people, they'll go skirt. Do you hear that? <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to another learn by doing podcast i am your host sue brooks Today I have with me Dr. Terrence Espinoza. Hello. Hey there. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. That's
0: great. So here, here's something. Here's a little secret. Okay. First of all, let me tell our listeners this. Sure. Dr. Espinoza is a professor at Southwestern Assemblies of mm-hmm. God University in Waxahachie, Texas. Okay, so I have taken one full class with you. Mm-hmm. That was two summers ago. Yeah, I'm presently in a class with you, yeah. taking some grad courses, working on finishing up that Master of Divinity, mm-hmm. that eternal yeah. degree. So, yeah. Wait, I'm talking to <laughs> someone who has a doctorate. I probably shouldn't call the no, MDiv it, an eternal well, degree. Well,
1: it's a, it's it's a it's a long march the whole way through. So I, I remember that. I yeah. remember the next march, and it's yeah. You yeah, have my sympathy.
0: Okay. Oh, well, yeah, good. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yay.
1: Okay. And not one of the degree snobs.
0: Okay. <laughs> I try That's very good. hard not That's to be good. if
1: it rises up and no, we're fine.
0: Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so I'm in and I'm in a course rate right, with you right now. Mm-hmm. I'm doing distance ed because busy I can't, you know, I'm I'm working, right, I have yeah. a family, right? Yeah. So there's a reason for distance ed and I am so <laughs> thankful for it. Yeah. Today's the first day I've actually physically met you.
1: Yes. So yeah.
0: I've been wanting to get in your office. You have good office hours. Oh, That's not <laughs> the problem. Okay. It's just me getting in to see you. Right. So really this is just me trying to meet you and talk about, of course, I <laughs> appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. I'm kidding, but it is pretty funny that I'm, I'm thinking I just really need to get in and see Dr. Espinoza, And yeah. then, here we are. So, students <laughs> yeah. out there, if you're a distance ed and you're not just not able to get in to see your professor who has really good office hours, just invite your professor to do a podcast. That's it. If you have a it podcast,
1: works. yeah, we'll come on. Yeah. Get a yeah. podcast, yeah.
0: download that app or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, the podcast buy some, app. Buy right? some equipment, yes. <laughs> buy like a karaoke <laughs> microphone from Walmart. Right. Just yeah. do a podcast. Just
1: hold your phone close. Yeah. It's fine. TikTok yeah. the whole thing. There, that's I know you my, know what that that's is. A, that's a brilliant idea. TikTok okay. podcast.
0: Because, y- hmm. Yeah. That would be really funny. That yeah, would be. Let's work on that. Yeah, I like that. Okay, actually, <laughs> this is one of the things I really like about you. My first course that I had with you, the assignments were really fun.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, good. yeah.
0: You had us do okay, so read an old, an old uh, book on an Old Testament pr- prophet yeah. book, you know, mm-hmm. and then summarize it like you would write a tweet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I yeah. thought this guy's cool. Ah, thank you. And I think it's cool. And I'm sure the students think it's cool. Um, and there were some other fun things. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad to have you on. You want to tell us a little bit about you starting from the day you were born? Yes. <laughs> I
1: was born a very long time ago. Sure. Uh, I uh, went to a Christian college. Uh, my dad had gone uh, to seminary. And then circumstances happened. He couldn't finish uh, his PhD. He started that, but didn't finish. But uh, when I went to uh, an undergrad, university is a AG school over in California, mm-hmm. I'm no longer with us, but that's where I went. And he said, Hey, if you're going to be there, take languages, you know, cause he didn't. And he recognized the value of being able to read the Bible in the original and work through translation. Uh, so I did. And once like, once you get into the biblical text, whether it's a book study or a language study, it just gets you hooked because the Bible, we read it, we understand it, but it's so much deeper. And a lot of questions you have get answered right away. Then it raises new questions. And it just was endlessly fascinating. And so that academically, that's where my path went, from undergrad, but bit is glanges in minor, to master's, to PhD. Um, but yeah, I came from California. I was born on the West Coast over in Seattle. I lived in California most of my life. i married, I have four kids, uh, teenagers and below. And we're just making it out here, trying to figure out the weather. That's a little weird. Oh, I know. It's yeah. It's a quick flip out here.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay, so biblical languages, your dad encouraged you to do that. Yeah. That's so neat.
1: Yeah, and I would not have known. I would have thought, well, translation, what do I need this for? Mm-hmm. And he said, son, mm-hmm. you don't know until you know. So just take a year of Greek or mm-hmm. Greek. And so I took a year and went, oh, this is awesome. Second year and then Hebrew and then just went from there.
0: Wow. So, and then in, in, in your. So let's talk about your in your graduate work. Then was it the same? Did you was there an emphasis on yeah, languages so, with that too? Yeah,
1: I was a master's in Old Testament, okay. and I did a thing you're not supposed to do. Are you supposed to do master's and PhD in the same area and mm-hmm. one builds from the other? I went from the general biblical studies undergrad to a master's in Old Testament because I realized as a senior I knew a lot about Paul, mm-hmm. uh, but not a lot about the Old Testament, and so I wanted to dig into that some more. And then I'd always plan to come back to New Testament and do work in places where they intersect, where one quotes the other, or they're drawing from a common source, or just do that sort of thing. And so I, I, thankfully, Fuller said, yeah, you can do that. And they let me in to the PhD program is New Testament. Wow. And so I went across discipline okay. I suppose.
0: Yeah, that's so neat. Um, that's what That explains a lot, because when I took the Studies and Prophets with yeah. you, that's a, guys, that's the class I took with them. The first one was Studies and Prophets. Right. I I actually had taken an Old Testament class at Fuller, oh, and then I got yeah. to take studies in prophets. And at first, I thought, well, I don't I don't know if it's it's going to be too similar. But mm-hmm. I loved that Old Testament class so much yeah. that I thought I just want to go even deeper. And yeah. I oh man, I really did love it. Yeah. But so then now though, I'm taking studies in Lucan writing. Right. So guys, that's the New Testament. Yeah, that is. <laughs> and I just. Yeah. so this is good because you're, con- well, you're confirming because I thought, wait, I thought he was really good at Old Testament, but yeah. he knows so much about the New and you just know it all.
1: No. Yeah, you know, not know it all. No, you do. Well, you don't know, yeah, you maybe. Do. My dissertation <laughs> was in Luke Acts. I do, so that I do was specifically know that, it, listeners so. don't know that. You're right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Your we can discer- cut that out later.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Your dissertation was in Luke yeah. Acts. That happens to be the course I'm taking. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure, Sue no, Brooks, but you better do well in Dr. Espinoza's you're,
1: class. It'll be great.
0: Uh, just roll sideline. I, I tell my my uh, colleagues all the time, I don't know when I started referring myself to myself in the third person. <laughs> I've always cringed at people who do that, but over the last month or so, I keep doing it, and I I don't think I'm ashamed. You're a narrative critic. Sue You're reading literature. Is not
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. it's very well. Sue very Lukean. Can do what she wants. Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, I think Sagu is very blessed to have you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm it's true. I'm grateful <laughs> for the school. I'm one of the first. Every day, the first thing I do is go in the office and, and have a little quiet time and and be give a prayer of gratefulness. Mm-hmm. So I've been through. We've been through a lot. Um, through, you know, just through life in general, and so. Mm-hmm. I mean I have friends who aren't working as professors. I have people who are doing other things and it's a really it's a big blessing to be able to to work where I work and do what i do and and I don't want to ever take that for granted or just take you know assume that obviously I'll do this i want to every mm. day make sure I'm grateful and then you know move on with the day
0: yeah no I mean that's that's really good to point out sometimes we think we're locked into what we're gonna be doing and we don't we just don't yeah. know what the next turn might be, yeah. yeah, so to be thankful for it while you're yeah. in it. That is really good because it's easy, too, when you're when you're in a familiar place mm-hmm. and when you're doing what you do and it's in the grind of the work, it can be so, so easy to get frustrated. Right. And when you're in something long enough, you start to see what's wrong with it. Right. Or, or not what's wrong with it, but what might be frustrating. And, right, yeah. And so but then one day if it's not yours anymore then suddenly you think why wasn't i just at least grateful in that season yeah so
1: yeah and and doesn't being grateful doesn't for me mean that you let things off the hook Mm -hmm. if there are some problems that are causing you to grouse there's probably something there Mm -hmm. and so it's it's not a thing where i'm grateful and i'll take whatever comes my way and if someone's being unjust or, or, or hurtful so it's it's that balance of being grateful for position but not letting things get corrupt or not letting things that are really problematic continue in that way.
0: That's great. Yeah. Wow. You've said a lot of great things already. in only a couple of minutes and <laughs> you're welcome that. listeners. That's really great. <laughs> so you moved from California yes. to Waxahachie. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> talk to us about that. Was that a culture it was. culture shock for you? So
1: I had four young kids. One was barely one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and we got into a minivan and drove out here and we left in July and on the coast, beautiful weather, 70s all year no big deal you dress as you dress our stuff's getting shipped over in boxes and we got here in july in texas and it was like i think 300 degrees right. it was crazy like,
0: it was i remember
1: for I remember months we walked yeah. out of the house or the car and all of us gasped we couldn't breathe just wow. walk in, in not even in houston in dallas area mm-hmm. yeah so it was a big big shift in in the climate uh we've always had mountains around us uh small mountains in the santa mm-hmm. cruz area and then big mountains in la and then here. It was so bad. I'd become so reliant on mountains for direction. I had no idea where I was going after work. I would just get in the freeway and go the wrong way. Interesting. And it took a while to really say, no, I I can't trust the environment to tell me where Mm -hmm. I am. I need to really just know the route. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we got it sorted out. We're okay now. But it was a thing that was, I just didn't realize my whole life. I've been, you know, 10 minutes from an ocean and you can see mountains all the time. And both of those things are not that way here. And having to readjust to what that's like, it, it, it took a while.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I think I, I told you earlier, I grew up in Virginia Beach. So, oh, yes, I was yeah. right by the ocean. Mm. The temperatures are different. It, it was a lot more humid. I know people mm. here say it's humid. I say to uh, yeah. move to a coast. <laughs> and, I, and, <laughs> yeah. and guys, if you're listening, you're not familiar with the Texas geography. The reason Dr. Espinosa mentioned Dallas is not Houston is that Houston is toward the coast. Right. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's a lot more humid there yes. it's drier up north but yeah when I came out here no ocean but I could see for miles it seemed I could see the sky <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a blessing yeah. I never even thought yeah. uh, you couldn't see when yeah. we moved north in, uh, in Virginia there were mountains okay you know or hills <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you could go west and see mountains sure. someone once told me actually when we had lived in Texas for a little bit that if I went back into Virginia where the mountains were mm-hmm. I, I'd feel claustrophobic <laughs> And I thought, well, that's interesting. And do you know, sure enough, really, we drove in and I felt closed in because I couldn't see the sky for oh, miles. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to get out to California sometime and just it, see what it looks yeah. like.
1: And it's so different depending on if you're in the coast or in the valley or north or south. And it just, it's just it changes so much. And where we were, uh, there's a movie, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, or The Redo. Yeah. And they're in the Redwood Forest. That's along the coast. And that Redwood Forest goes all the way down to just about to Santa Cruz area. And so where we were, you had these huge redwood trees, and then you had mountains, and the beach just right there. Yeah. This huge change in a small area. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was That's beautiful. That's a blessing. was is really is. neat. Yeah, it was yeah. really nice.
0: What about uh, culture? Was it culture shock? I know mm. the geography was shock.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is is a big, yeah, it is, is a big uh, culture shock, <laughs> big difference here. Um, I one thing I noticed when I first came is people often ask, well, hey, how are you? What do you do?" What do your parents do? And they want to dig into your history, which coming from you know, from the Bay Area and then from the LA area for a while, so it's around to school. That's not what you do to people. That's rude. Oh, right. Yeah. It's privacy because everyone is you don't need to tell anyone anything because mm-hmm. there's so many folks there and you, you don't know who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And I think I could be wrong, but I think part of it is here that those associations tell them something about you. They think mm-hmm. and maybe they're asking, are you safe? Are you from a known quantity? Can I relate to you? So I mean, there's a, a nice way to, to try and understand what they're doing, but it comes across as really rude because it feels like you're getting prejudged for what my parents did, as if their job wasn't good enough and now I'm not good enough because I'm just some kid from the streets. That's mm-hmm. not. Those are the kind of thoughts I had and, and I think that still is part of what happens, but I think there's also more pure motives behind it and it's just a different way of discourse, which is distinct from where you were. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's interesting. I feel like I'm so na- naive. I'd think, oh, you care about me. <laughs> you care about me. You're mm-hmm. asking me questions. It's not just the, hi, how are you? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> but it just depends on where you're from. And then.
1: also, they, they're more brunt, uh, blunt, more abrupt on the East Coast and more abrupt on the West Coast, too, mm-hmm. a lot of times. So they, they'll tell you what they think. Yeah. Here, it turns out they won't, oftentimes. There's a whole Southern hospitality, I guess mm-hmm. they call it. Mm-hmm. And it's polite to your face not so much when you're gone.
0: I've heard people from, yeah, from the North say that before New York, I had a New Yorker tell me that once we might be rude, but at least we tell you the truth when we feel like (laughs) it. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather you not just talk about me behind your back. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's just, it's a big shift then. And some people ask you things. It sounds very nice, but then I wonder, well, what are they doing with the information once I leave? Yeah. And then you'll never know. I'll never know if I'm not invited to a thing or not given opportunity because I heard something about where I'm from or, or these things I have behind your back you never find out that they affected you and that's part of the the concern I suppose and the maybe not caginess but just being a little cautious with people who are new partly it's just coming from a different place where that's not typical Mm -hmm. but also seeing how those sorts of things work hearing conversations when we're in groups of people and they talk about other people and they say what about that person oh well you know he he liked this thing on Facebook or you know his family is this way and maybe we don't want to ask him to come to this party or speak at this event or there's opportunities that they're never given. No one will ever find out except for those who are in the room. And Interesting. It's that thing that, yeah. that I was more aware of, I guess, coming in. Okay. Here. And when it's you put also, it that way, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I get that now. Yeah,
1: yeah. and it, it seems like it's maybe a little paranoid. that's often the charge, but mm-hmm. then when you think of other people, when you're in the room, that does happen. Like You can talk about conversations with people who weren't invited because they're to this or that or the other, but they'll never know. It's always it's always backstage. So be mindful then of how you relate to people and how you open up and what you tell them. That's all part of the part of the trick. So when you first come to Texas, they always say the first thing you do is change your license plate. That's the first thing we did. No more California plates. People will not honk at us when we drive. Or what you never know. Uh-huh. Um, but then when they ask, "Well, who are you? What do you do?" I thought, "Well, I'm not from here. I don't know anyone from here. This is an unknown place to me, other than reputation." So I said, "The first thing I said is." Well, I'm a minister working in a Christian school. So I, I knew that had some kind of cultural cachet, I guess, here. Mm-hmm. And that, that would break down walls. Because at first it's the very, you know, they're um, what do you say? Just very kind of blank. Oh, hey, how are you? What's your name? And it seems very innocent. And then they say, oh, you're a minister? Oh, you have a family? And then they open up in a way they wouldn't before. And it was that shift which worked out in our favor that I'm also mindful of. And then you wonder, well, other people, if I had family come here, would they be treated the same way or would they just be held at a distance through that conversation? That seems very innocent at first, but just seeing how it plays out and paying attention to that. That's
0: yeah. yeah. I think I'm starting to see, yeah, this is making sense to me now. Cause yeah. at first, honestly, I'm like, everyone was so nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was in a hard place before we moved here though. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet. And this, So it was, yeah. yeah. I'll say no, this happens yeah.
1: elsewhere too. This is not just a thing that happens here. It just happens in different ways elsewhere. Sure. And I'm more sure. used to how it happens in California. I'm not used to how it happens here. And so learning that whole, I guess, discourse moment or that mm-hmm. whole event is, is part of the learning process of being here.
0: I've seen people do that though. So I want to be careful how I say it, but I, I can see certain populations asking people questions mm-hmm. and you almost see it's a, you don't even know it's interrogation until you see it lift when you've given the answer they were wanting yeah that made them say oh you're one of us right okay oh, right. okay you're a christian mm-hmm. so you're not going to drop the f-bomb in front of me right, right. and we can be friends versus exactly. it doesn't matter who you are i'm going to love you because jesus loves you and that <laughs> is, is that kind of where we're yeah yeah that, okay, that okay. definitely is part of it and yeah. it's just Yeah, Yeah. but different cultures have their own way. They do it differently. Sly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta learn. So that that was a
1: big, big learning process here. We
0: moved here around the same time. We've been here for nine years. Oh, fantastic! And we we moved here with a little one, our our fourth. So we've got five now. But our fourth was four weeks old. Oh. Yeah. So it was absorbing it all. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But so, Hmm. I think what's really interesting is living in this area. Even the people who are from here. I'm going to go back to Sagu, like referencing sagu mm-hmm. there are people here who've never heard of the university You're right I'm yeah. like, it's <laughs> that it's that big property in in waxahachie right so yeah kind <laughs> of tucked know? away but there and that might be why it is i don't know yeah it's interesting
1: yeah i think there are yeah <laughs> yeah there are probably a few reasons for that
0: maybe they're like me and they just go from point a to point b i mean that, that, that's true too <laughs> just the economy's to tough
1: attention. we're just trying to survive right you don't pay attention yeah. unless it's right in your face and that's right yeah right that's how that goes
0: oh man so you teach undergrad courses mm-hmm. and you teach grad courses yeah and do you, i have a question for you mm-hmm. The the students students that you have this is my question sure you enjoy studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's obvious. Yeah. I mean, you studied it in college. Sure. You studied the language. Some yeah. people try to skip past that. Yeah. You did master's work. You did uh,
1: doctoral do- work. Doctoral work. I think it's. I'm not sure what they call it. Post. Yeah. Yeah. Graduate. I don't know. You have a doctor. PhD work is. You have a what PhD.
0: That's what yeah. you have. PhD yeah. work. <laughs> so obviously you yeah. like study mm-hmm. and like learning. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's a parent that you enjoy teaching yeah you don't just want to absorb it for yourself you actually you yep. want to you pour it into other people
1: yeah so that was the thing where some people know what they want to do and i, I didn't i was more mellow and just enjoying life and just being a christian wherever i was uh, but through this academic process um i, I was often helping people out because i had classes they didn't have and so i'd be the person i turned to for advice that's true for high school as well my parents are both teachers as well i mean that's Partly oh, the family kind of, of high school teachers. Yeah. yeah, there's a story of my grandma wanted to be a teacher but couldn't. But uh, I think two of her three sons were teachers and then a bunch of their children are teachers. And so teaching was one of the things that our family does, a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of grew up around that idea of communicating and, and walking through little by little. And, and uh, it was just it was part of how I was raised and how I was modeled. Okay. So that was it. And then uh, when you ask, well, what do I want to do with my life? Right? I'm in grad school. I'm pursuing this degree you're always praying with oh, the Lord, what do you do? And it was one of these conversations um, where okay, so I was praying and God said, well, if you were, money was taken care of, you have a billion dollars, whatever it was, a million back then, uh, what would you do? I thought, well, I would, if I could, I would teach Bible classes, books of you know, studies of the Bible, books of the Bible. I would teach language, Greek or Hebrew or both and hermeneutics, like the whole theory of interpretation. And I would, the job I would pick would be those things there and then not a month later i got a call from a school saying hey we have a job uh, we think you're a good fit let's talk and we, and it was teaching hermeneutics and biblical languages and book studies of the bible
0: wow you're living the dream yeah Look it was really
1: great and so it was a thing where the, the kind of the my background is something i wanted to do and then be, before even knowing you're going to get into it kind of having that as as the dream mm-hmm. but then also uh, being very mindful of wanting to have a foot in the church and in the academy yeah right? you want to be excellent up you want to be you know, the scholar, scholar, but never away from the church, never forgetting why we're doing this thing. And so that was a thing where my my dream is to be able to continue to do academic work as we do, but also be useful to the church and, and in a sense, democratize the knowledge that I've been given. So we go to yeah. school. A lot, not a lot of folks can pay for grad school. Not a lot, There's not yeah, opportunity for a lot of true. people. And so I don't want it to be a thing where there's these things that we know. And it's not a secret. We just don't tell people because it's a different environment. I want to make that available and hopefully empower others to continue to pursue the word and pursue God that way uh, but that's that's the goal and it's always been the goal and so I think part of that is reflected in how we teach and in the kind of projects we do and, and trying to cross over between those two worlds
0: do you currently teach any Bible courses in in the church or is that something you have done in the past
1: uh, I've done in the past uh, life church has summer sessions uh, so over the summer they'll get faculty and others with expertise to teach summer school for adults on well, Wednesday nights for six weeks.
0: That's awesome. So, yeah.
1: It's really fun. It's really, it's got a wow. different environment entirely after change everything, but it's still a way to bring the academic world here for anyone and, and walk. Basically it feels like, um, like if I were a five star chef and I've tasted amazing food, mm-hmm. preparing that and saying, here, taste this, here's what you're looking for. And then getting them hooked on that experience. Yeah, Biblical study for me is that way where, Obviously it's great. It's God's word, we read it and we love it. The more you get into the the details of language or culture or history, the more it brings it to life and, and the more you, you want more of it. And I want to empower folks with those same skill sets to do the same both on their own and in conversations with others and not just have it in the hands of experts. Yes. Whether it's intentionally or just the way things work.
0: Right. And so oh. yeah. Okay. This is great i just really like you yeah. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> this is really great <laughs> Thank you. i mean i i love that that is your passion and, and i think that's probably what i could sense even in your teaching me as a student yeah um and i do think that is so important that uh it is like you said democratizing the information yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to just absorb information you want to right. then go what's the point of learning if you can't teach it right or if you can't use it
1: you can write and you should write and and produce things and make things but also do it in a way that empowers i think anyone to be able Mm -hmm. to learn it's it's very ag right it's very pentecostal way to say look we want everyone to be full of the spirit not just the leaders we want everyone to have a part as this kingdom of priests not just the people who are doing this you know and get paid for it we want that whole thing i think is helpful academically as well yeah to have that attitude and, and really constantly think of how we can Do that in a healthy way because then you also don't want to say hey everyone here's a a, hour discussion of how the word the is used in greek which Mm -hmm. i love that's a fascinating discussion Mm -hmm. but you don't want to do that or you don't want to point things out or frame it in a way where people just aren't going to hear it properly right because in classroom people are there all semester they're paying to be there you can you can relatively count on them showing up and going to class and doing the assignments. so you can you can parcel out things in a way in a classroom that you just can't and would be dangerous in a sunday session if you have 30 minutes or an hour, and you may never see them ever, this is a one time they're in your church, and you say, hey, here's this, this thing that's going to blow your mind. I'll see you next week. We'll talk about it some more. And that's You can't do that and only do that. You have to kind of bring people to a healthy place afterwards. And so it's that where you want to make knowledge available and do it in a way that's not going to be destructive. Because there are people who do the other thing. they try and sell books by saying, oh, well, the Bible is this or there's this conspiracy or whatever the nonsense mm-hmm. is. That's not healthy. That's mm-hmm. not redemptive. And so doing it and doing it in a healthy way is a big part of of the process. And what I'm still, I mean, even now, is trying to think through how can we do this better? How can we do this thing this way?
0: Yeah. With the When you do the, uh, what did you call it? What sessions? But Sunday? Se- oh. I just gave it a name, and yeah, I'm so I sorry. Did. I should have written it down. Sorry,
1: Jason. Um, <laughs> Sunday session. Jason
0: Exley, you are amazing. Yes. We are for what you're doing. Yes. We just forgot what it's just called. Just forgot. Th- yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, summer sessions oh, I, summer. Yeah, oh summer yeah that's sessions. right I yeah. was like
0: that thing in the summer and it's right. a session right. What right that, that thing yes you call it a summer session uh-huh what's your uh the population of people who come are they mostly adults Most, like our kids mostly doing youth group or yeah. young adults grown uh we had grown some grown <laughs> right yeah <laughs> you know, uh, we had
1: old. some uh, early 20s before but it's usually uh older adults more established adults you might say veteran mm-hmm. adults okay Maybe. veteran <laughs> I like that. They're veteran adults. Right. But you do—you yeah. have the range. People in 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, just anyone who's interested in biblical studies. And it depends on the topic, too. Some topics really sound appealing. Others are, but I haven't made it sound appealing. And so yeah. the numbers yeah, I, vary and the population varies, but it's been a great opportunity.
0: To, do you think that there... I know church in general. I say I know, mm-hmm. but I haven't been to every church in the United States. Sure. <laughs> so... Yeah. But Sunday school isn't really a thing anymore in a lot of places. Do you right. think that there's a hunger then for that? You know, when you, when you are doing summer session or something like that, do you yeah. find really hungry people saying, man, I've missed this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, yes. But the Sunday school name often has a different association, right? You fight your bad experience in high school. Or you're in a classroom as a teacher with a ruler. They're going to hit you in the hand if you say something. like That is what school means to some people. Okay. And so the content of Sunday School is this. whenever you tell people, well, here's what's interesting about this verse of the Bible and here's the, the bigger context, they go, oh, well, that's, tell me more. Mm-hmm. But getting to that, that conversational moment, that's hard because school is a different setting for K-12. It's more of a factory. You have to take everyone. There's, it's important. I mean, we do good work there. It's just a different thing than people who are not K-12 aged. Mm-hmm. So, um, so really the
0: naming yeah. is important and the way you go about the structure yeah. and, and all of that's important. That's and really even perceptive. even the, the
1: classroom experience or having, you could record the classroom session and put it out online, that's fine, but that's different than maybe even a more engaging way to put it online to have folks do things asynchronously. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, yeah, whatever that's going to become and the technology involved in that, you need resources and, and so forth, but that packaging in a way that is maybe you can come to the church and and do it here you can also follow along you know on the podcast every week or you can follow along here every week or we can have some back and forth um the thing about those sorts of things is that costs money someone's are grading right. someone's are reading someone's are not doing other things to do that thing and so do you charge folks to go to the class you have to get paid the bills bills don't get paid off of good wishes on the other hand people can't always afford that and i don't want to say well here's the you know, sorry you're poor too bad you can't learn about Jesus oh, I don't, yeah. that's a bad place to be in too and so it's always yeah. trying to manage what we can with the resources we'll have
0: I really struggle with that a lot of times I think you know this is I'm blessed I'm able to do hmm. my, my work in, in my graduate studies and I often think that yeah. a lot of people can't have that and I think we can't we can't profit off of off of this but but <laughs> but you're right like we have to pay the bills someone has to make a living no one's going to actually know the bible as well as you do if they aren't able to maybe not work for a season so that they can study right you know and so yeah there there is yeah. this interesting balance but and i think that's where if the people who are able mm-hmm. that's their that that's their way to serve some people can can serve on a sunday morning in a nursery they're Mm. able to do that it's such a gift that they have a natural gifting for being with children and and praying over those children while they care for them and then and they put in the work to learn how to do that other people Mm. have put in the work to learn how to Mm -hmm. study the bible and communicate it in a way that's engaging and understandable for other people and that is a way that those people can volunteer and do that yeah so it's a Guys, I think that if you know something, listen, it's just the gospel. Yeah. You have yeah. the good news, give it freely. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the end of the podcast. That's no, I, <laughs> great. I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. Tell me about how you engage your students in the classroom.
1: In the, the yeah. physical classroom. Yes. So okay.
0: you, so you're, how about specifically your undergraduate students? Sure. That's a fun group. And I'm, I'm going to say this. Yeah. We just had Dr. Rose mm-hmm. a in a little while back. And I, and I told him, what's interesting is sometimes, and I'll say it again, sorry if you heard it once, but I'll say it again, because I firmly believe this. There's an idea that the practitioners are in the church, and then the ones who just study are in the <laughs> university. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I liked your facial expression, like, yep, unfortunately. <laughs> well, yeah. but what I think, honestly, um, what I think is that you guys are young adult ministers. You are you're engaging their minds. Mm-hmm. It is su- such an important role you have. And I know you work hard at it. You're, mm. I can tell already, and I've yeah. been in your classes, you are not just spewing out information. You're making it understandable to them.
1: Yeah, I have those moments. I mean, there's always that lecture where you go back and think, oh man, that was grad school level volume of content. I had to rethink how to do that better. Right? Yeah. That's still happening, but it, it's that, that trade-off of, a lot of us get stuck in the model, right? We go from undergrad to grad to doctoral work. And so the model is a classroom, a lecture notes, and you just you're in, right? You're, you're a technician, you can go in. And then teaching undergrad, they haven't gone through that. But we have. And so the assumption is well, if I just have, for me anyway, for myself, I have a, an hour long lecture, and here's the five main points, and here's the sub points, and here's the notes f- for you to follow along with. That's how learning happens. And that is how it has in the past, and it's how it, they should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But the trade off is practically speaking a lot of students are left behind so they've come here without the equipment or experience to do that yeah. they're not trained to and on the one hand they're adults so learn right that's it the other hand if i can help you engage and, and get there incrementally so maybe at the end of the semester we can do a little more of that but early on we're trying to engage them as a whole person with a creative self because once the class is over they may never touch the book again but I hope they're touching the Bible again, looking through and and, and having uh, skills and interests that that we brought up in the class, and so the idea of doing things for fun or, or for joy, um, that's we say pedagogically important. It, it's it's really valuable because it goes beyond the classroom. Then it's not just for the the few months that we have them.
0: Yeah. Can so you can you define that word and say it again? Pedagogical. Yeah.
1: Pedagogical. Pedagogy. Yeah. Some say pedagogy. It depends. If,
0: I, do the o and I just want to say the word pericope. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was pericope Peri- until I actually heard someone say it out oh, loud. Yeah. I was very embarrassed for myself. Oh. Yeah. No yep. one knew.
1: Pericope is the other way we hear it. You and do hear it that? Yeah, it's not right. Is well but it's, it's but not how you say it. You say yeah. pericope. But people yeah. do pronounce it pericope yeah. a lot of times.
0: And if you try to type it, it will change it into Periscope every time.
1: That's how you know <laughs> you've been through this a bit when you have autocorrect leaving Pericope alone. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I need to go in and do that. Yeah. Okay, but you said pedagogy or pedago- pedagogy. Pedago- Is that a hard G? Good.
1: Pedagogy. Yeah, oh, it's, it's more. It's, well.
0: The first one's hard, the second one. Pedi- pedagogy. Yeah. Can you tell me like learning or you know, analyzing yeah, like yeah. the word? <laughs> sure. Pedagogy. 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 <laughs> right. And it's the,
1: it's the O that tricks me up because some would want to say pedagogy, others mm-hmm. say pedagogy.
0: What? Um, it, what?
1: To teach, it's your it's your teaching method.
0: What's for? Is it a is it a Latin? Is it a Greek?
1: Well, so I think Greek. Okay. But a lot of Latin words were Greek words first, because Latin was privileged in our Western society, we say it's Latin. It's really Greek.
0: Okay. And so oh, I never know the actual name From the Greek, Rude. yeah, exactly. I
1: know. All right. Latin speakers okay okay so yeah. tell me again what it means uh it's your teaching methodology
0: got it okay so, so you're strategic in your yeah pedagogy so
1: one thing we do uh I, I for fun I learned to make quills I'm not great at it quills qu- like goose feather quills oh, so I went like hiking in like California a pen? A pen yeah 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 okay. like an old salt dip do you guys pen? know what that is a pen a pen yeah <laughs> <laughs> a <laughs> yes. feather pen Okay. yeah like a stylus with ink on it yeah. yeah um but so I learned how to make them uh from a hiking trip we had a whole bunch of feathers that I gathered and um, and made them and then we have dipping ink and so I thought well in Hebrew class Why don't we early on like the first week just play with that? Mm-hmm. So it's not a lesson on the alphabet. We cover that the first day. It's not a lesson. That's that's furthering that You know more tightly academic. Here's how you pronounce things It's a day where you just have fun playing with quills and papyrus you can buy from Amazon mm-hmm. and and really feeling like you're getting into because you are getting into the material that was used but also learning to play with the alphabet and play with that whole idea of, an, of a dipped pen experience. And we were burning class time doing that. But the payoff is Hebrew already fight the idea of folks having a terrible, usually Spanish class in high school. And so they're already oh, hesitant to come to yeah. Hebrew Greek. Yeah. Well, so then we, it should be fun. And I want that to be some of the memories that they start with of, oh yeah, the first week we covered the alphabet, but we also did this cool pen with ink and here's the thing I made. And, and that whole thing will help drive them to continue with their studies in language. If we didn't do that and just did the hard nose, you know, here's the alphabet, here's the way you pronounce it, here's history of it, they may not have that, that interest that stains them throughout. Mm-hmm. And so that's one example of, of a thing where the, the academic merit is not that you're learning this block of content at the moment, it's you're investing in the attitude, which yes. is really necessary, particularly in languages to keep driving you through. Yeah. And so for all, the cl- all classes, I try and do that where there's something fun early on that's engaging someone on topic but is to keep you coming to class, keep you interested in the topic. But it burns class time to do so. And so it's always that trade off of mm-hmm. we have so many things to cover, what can I rearrange to make room for this fun activity?
0: Yeah. I yeah, and I think the burning class time I think is worth it because you're building passion. Right. And you're and you're and you're instilling something in those students in maybe that 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes that it takes. Right. But for a lifetime, they're never going to forget that time I was in Dr. Espinoza's class <laughs> yeah. and he made the Bible more interesting right. than a lifetime of going to church. Right. Really. I think no. it's so important. Actually, I'm yeah. glad you said that because I helped to facilitate an Old Testament class. Ooh. And I brought in Clay and a, a oh, stylus, and I, I was like, guys, I know you don't know like hieroglyphics or anything, sure. but just like write your name Oh, fantastic. As, as a name. And I had them each do like a little roster, but on a clay tablet because oh, I thought I just want them to see. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually know I could get papyrus, show it, but I showed them a yeah. video on how it was made. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, parchment. Yes. Like you want to know what parchment oh, is? Oh, yeah.
1: I have to give a warning in class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. To all the vegans. The yeah. <laughs> yeah no, uh, and then the other thing was, you know, how health food crazy ezekiel bread i'm like Mm y'all know the story behind ezekiel bread yeah i brought some in
1: oh and i
0: let them taste it and then i and then i read like (laughs) what (laughs) they're like oh (laughs) "Oh, my word is that what's in here i said no 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 but it just goes to show you it's actually really fun to know your bible because then you can look at the health food stuff and be like man that's a gimmick yeah Yeah. you just tried to get me to buy your ezekiel bread but if you knew the story (laughs) you would not be promoting this
1: exactly (laughs) yeah yeah so
0: yeah i think it's I think it's worth it. Well, this is my, this is a little bit of my experience. You are very experienced in teaching college students. A little bit of my experience is I think, I think we kind of know biblical illiteracy Mm -hmm. is a major issue. They come in knowing Mm -hmm. a little bit less than maybe 40 years ago they would have known. But I think the other thing is academically, Mm -hmm. there are some students who don't know how to write a paper yeah and you know unfortunately that's what well i shouldn't say unfortunately we should know how to write a paper but that's a lot of our a lot of our assignments are so there's a little bit this lag Mm -hmm. that they come in and it's trying to get everyone on the same page have you noticed that that
1: that we talk about all the time and um well to the the liter? well the easier one i think is the how to write an essay Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean language is constantly changing it always has changed and now with online communication it's changing again, that's fine, that's how it's always been. Uh, but in terms of communicating, they communicate well in different genres. If you think of, of we talk, some hermeneutics talk about uh, uh, disambiguating emojis. There's a paper with the title of that. Disamb- its emojis were ambiguous. Mm-hmm. There's one where it's a smiling face, but it looks like it's cringing on an Apple, but it's, it's happy on an Android phone. With emojis. Whoa,
0: I didn't know that. And so they fixed Ma- it. Micaiah, you guys know who Micaiah is. He has an Android. Yeah. <laughs> we give him a hard time all the time. I'm oh, going to yeah. check that out after yeah. this. Yeah, well, that's what okay.
1: people would say. Oh, this this evening, how'd it go? And they give the emoji, and you think, well, are you happy or do I need to come over I and didn't buy know pizza? That. The, right, exactly. <laughs> pizza. Yeah, and so yeah. that was okay. the whole thing of uh, they understand that ambiguity and they understand communication in that genre. So then it's teaching them, here's a new genre for you, this formal essay or this style of writing. And there are rules here that are just as complex. the way, you know, the way olds, so the way you don't understand, we don't understand always the emoji thing. Yeah.
0: Wait, did you just call me olds?
1: No, I, we, the royal <laughs> we, not you. You're <laughs> the very, uh, royal we? Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually honored to be yeah. labeled that, it's fine. It's <laughs> totally fine. I'm messing with you so much. But yeah, I like no, that you said we olds. <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
1: Well, the, I mean, and that's the thing I where like you have it. to be self-deprecating to the students because then they always hear boomers and others talking down to them. Oh, this, yes. That's, that's what so gives? rude. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing. We should so, empower. Yes. Yeah.
0: We need to empower this. Show. You know that. And maybe own that
1: we're the ones who raised them right so maybe complain about yourself yeah leave the kid they'll be fine yeah They're all right yeah, yeah. so well, so then there's That's that. grace will cover it yeah but <laughs> the, the other bit too with the the literacy that is a real big issue the thing about that 50 years ago what would, what would that be 70s 60s Let's oh, talk about oh, pre-civil yes. rights America. Because
0: 69 was exactly 50 years ago because I bought that Time magazine because oh. I was interested. Oh, I never fantastic. do, but, yeah. you know, Big Bird was yeah. on the front. So I did. Big Bird and a hippie. Right. <laughs> so, yep, 50 years ago. Yeah.
1: So not within a lifetime in this country, uh, different races couldn't marry legally. Insane. Right? Civil rights. You had to have different drinking fountains. We had segregation was legally done away with, but we still did it in different ways. Yeah. And so those generations may have known the Bible very well but they kind of didn't in that area. This You're generation so right. may not know the words of Scripture, but they get love. They get loving people. They get Jesus taking taking apart the social constructs of who's the right kind of person and who's the wrong kind of person. You know, Jesus was a friend of orphans and, and sinners and gluttons and everyone who's marginalized. He gets, he gets heat for that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So the people, the youth today, they get that. They may not know the words of Scripture, but they get a lot of the content. So the job isn't that they're biblically dumb or, right. or like illiterate even has this among the olds again Oh, this, you guys are dumb people and that's not at all the way to approach it we have a lot of blind spots the way we were raised so maybe let's just say we should learn from a lot of your attitudes and how you treat all people and then we'll tell you more about the narrative of scripture and fold that into an authentically Christian way of being a person that is humbling because then if it's recognize my own upbringing I didn't see I had all kinds of blind spots. I used language and, and terms that were just rude mm-hmm. that I didn't know any better. It's not an excuse I should have. But I don't get to pretend that I'm this pristine, my generation knew the Bible, and you don't. True. You live it better than we did in many ways. And so maybe off my horse a little bit whenever I talk about illiteracy. And I feel very passionate about that because yeah. I've been te- my very first year I've heard that. And it was me as a student getting heat for it because I was a generation who didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And then now, as a teacher, I hear them talk about those kids, and I think that's just really the wrong attitude.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, they're, they're just a product of what they've been handed. And and if you think about the, the college students coming in, they have gone through a system. I think you, I think you even used the word system mm-hmm. earlier. We have them going through this conveyor belt of education mm-hmm it's not their fault it, right. it's literally mandatory yeah. you you must you to go. <laughs> go to school right yeah and, and the, so, the
1: teachers are doing their absolute best i'm a family yeah. of teachers and they're not the ones messy. they're just they're doing their job and the best with what they have mm-hmm. a lot, it's this well from a teacher's perspective a lot of it is this larger systemic thing of teaching to a test yeah and the students then ask is it on the test can i have a google slides otherwise i don't care that's how they've been trained their whole life to succeed if they don't do that they don't succeed they don't get into college and so they are successful in one venue because that's how we've designed it. And then they're faltering the second venue, and we blame them. Mm-hmm. And so we need to still maintain the standards of higher education. We can't make it just Google Slides. Here's the answer. Yeah, But we do have to say, I think, we need to do something to continue to help folks succeed in this venue as well. Capitalize on what you learned there. Capitalize on your strengths. And as a church, too, capitalize on them just not being nearly as bigoted as we've been in our past. Use that and own our own blind spots in that area and then bring them in because they, they're as much church as we are. It's not us teaching these people to know anything. It's, yeah, it's just this intergenerational beef is not my favorite because right. it just leads to a lot of strife and at least a lot of self righteousness.
0: Sure. Especially those sure. who are
1: empowered, right? They're the ones who are running the show, so they get to sit back and think, well, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never mind college is more expensive and jobs pay less. Like they'll ignore all those things and just throw hate on the younger generation that's not
0: helpful yeah yeah you have you have hateful people and then then you have hurt people right and then the hurt people mm-hmm. probably might start hating, <laughs> hating on some people just a, yeah just a nasty yeah. thing yeah i don't I got, like that either
1: and i think i've felt a little bit so i've gone through the midlife thing recently and uh I'm, I'm beginning to feel pop culture slipping away more than it used to <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a little more foreign than it's been mm-hmm. but i'm still working hard at least understand it but i can see people and this generation when they get you know be 60 70 like, it's, it must be terrifying to feel irrelevant. Yeah. To feel that you're now the bad guy just because you're you. That's not a good feeling. No one likes that. And so I understand they're also hurt. The folks in power are hurt. And so when they say you're biblically literate, it's coming from a place of their own hurt. Because what they're saying, I think, is they're reacting to, these people don't relate to me. And I don't understand them. So the fault must be there. But really, it's a response to, why aren't we connecting anymore? That's, that's part of that whole thing. And so without picking a side on it, just trying to get them together in a healthy fashion. I think is important, it's important as uh, educationally and it's certainly important as a church to work through that as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think that's something that just every generation has always ever faced from the beginning of time? <laughs> we
1: Yeah, we, I mean, we read the uh, Roman literature about kids these days, Greek literature. Kids these days are disrespectful and rude and they don't look at the elders anymore. They don't say cell phones, but they say they're just not attentive. They're so rude. They sleep around, they have vulgar language. Like in Greek it's saying these things about yeah, kids thousands ancient, of years ancient ago. Greek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ancient <laughs> Greek. yeah. Ancient Greek. Yeah, ancient Greek kids. So that that tendency has always been there to kinda of get off my lawn, shake my hand at the yeah. at the clouds up above. That that's been there, but I think it's not healthy. <laughs> you know, we yeah, we can hopefully learn from the past and, and build a better connection now. And maybe it's hard. It's hard to, to humble yourself and say, Look, I'm not great either, but let's do this thing together. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard thing to do but that's necessary I think all around
0: do you have any practical advice for one generation connecting to the next Just I mean yeah we, we know we've brought it to light yeah. We know there's a problem yeah how do you
1: get through there you just
0: invite them over for yeah. hanging out yeah. I mean, seriously I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah really any any time with this generation or culture or whatever the backgrounds are that are different just getting a FaceTime together where both parties are safe and both parties are respected as people that that will whatever that looks like bowling watching a show hanging out eating dinner those are all good ways to do it and the more you do it the better it gets um i think as far as making peace right peacemaking strategy you're always going to lose something there's not a way to make peace where you're not losing something yourself
0: you mean like a just you're going to sacrifice just like in any relationship
1: honor losing anything (laughs) yeah losing convenience Mm. and so
0: or maybe the idea that you were wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, oh, for sure.
0: Maybe I am Maybe I am racist and I didn't know it. Yeah, um, yeah. And maybe yeah.
1: I don't know everything because I watch a 10-minute YouTube video <laughs> on both sides. That, like, yeah. that thing of just right. owning our own humanity and reaching out to somebody else is hard to say, hey, come here and make peace with me, kid. It's easier to say, yeah, man, I'm sorry. This is not a good thing we've done. And I see how it hurts you. Let's talk that's hard to say i did something wrong that loss that pain i almost embracing that pain has to be part of it because people connect to that otherwise it's just kids these days and all the olds and it's not gonna ever resolve yeah yeah
0: i i see it's interesting there there was for a time when i homeschooled my children Mm -hmm. they they were in like groups so they had their own levels of grades right when i was teaching them but then when we came together they were in groups and they were with multiple ages Mm. all the time and then plus i was home and i had children of multiple ages yeah and we were learning together and then now they're in school and Mm. i know the lord told me to put them in school so they're in school but it's the all the fourth graders are together Mm. all the second graders, all the ninth graders i think there's value to that but i have noticed that now when they come home Mm -hmm. where before it being with their siblings was cool and fun and family now it's like yeah. ah, you're just a second grader it, it might be because i'm they're growing into <laughs> teens <laughs> that's, that's part of probably it too. a little bit but also some our churches we have our youth groups we have our young adult groups we mm-hmm. have our adults in mm-hmm. service but also our small groups mm-hmm. are and i just wonder I, I grew up going to small groups but we called them cell groups yeah. did they call them cell that. Groups yeah. You were? yeah yeah we did so yeah um and so i remember um a a someone in our family who didn't know the Lord didn't wasn't raising church culture was mm-hmm. like do you mean jail cell <laughs> I think that what they meant was at the cellular level yeah yeah I think that was it <laughs> I just called I just always thought a cell had to do with church then yeah. I took biology uh-huh. well, anyway
1: <laughs> yeah Lego so, bricks. yeah Lego yeah bricks. <laughs> Lego brick group
0: That's a Lego brick group yeah New someone name. just showed me the brick Bible Oh. Is that what it is? And I said, I bet. But they I learned did. it from you.
1: Yeah, they did. And so I need. To, and so why. And Mike, this is a thing where the classroom has different guidelines. Uh, Brick Bible is an extra credit assignment, and they've tra- they've worked all but translated a verse all semester. They've written 15, 20 pages on it. So then at the end, we say, Hey, look at the LOLcat Bible. Look at the Brick Bible. Look at some other social media version of the Bible, and find a verse and see how they render it. What pictures they choose? How do they illustrate it? And, and what's good and what's not so great about that source? So the Brick Bible is one of these sources,
0: and Brick is Legos. It's Lego. If you don't, if you're not into Legos, right. the cool Lego people call them bricks. Right. They're not hard stone. Right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so, but this is not written by a person who's a Christian. It was started by an atheist, and no you, have way. To, you have to dig deep on his bio. It used to be more overt, but then he made a lot of money, and I get he's high, more coy about it. But you find the guy who started Brick Bible. His goal was to make diorama out of Lego, of biblical passages to illustrate, to show us how stupid our Bible is. That was his goal. And so if you look at some of these pictures... My
0: mouth is hanging wide open, guys. Yeah. My jaw just dropped.
1: Yeah, some of them are really oh. offensive or, or really uh, like clearly misconstruing oh, scripture. Yeah. And then he, some are more ambivalent. So he has a series, right, and the last one's the, the big shocker, but the others are okay. And so Christians started emailing and say, hey, can I put this on my slide for a sermon? Hey, can I use this? And he went, oh, Okay. And so it grew, and he still has the things that are maybe attacking the views of problems of or, or the Bible, but also his other parts. Um, but they're all in the same book. So if you buy the Brick Testament for your kid, mm-hmm. look at every single page closely.
0: They'll get some mockery? Uh, some Will mockery. they even know? Or would the adult know? Well,
1: some of them are naked Legos sleeping together. Okay. Like those Old Testament parts, you know, or...
0: Well, the, the cover when we uh, an employee looked one up yesterday and I was like that is the first time I've ever seen a naked Adam and Eve yes. but it's a Lego so it doesn't seem at, you right. almost can get away with it right
1: but then but, we talk about like oh. Solomon's many wives they say yeah. oh here's where the concubine is kids and then you have the illustration of uh, that okay or wow. here's what it means to behead somebody yeah exactly <laughs> in a, and there's this gory picture with Lego with a oh, little red my. brick and and that's there too and I mean it's not like that isn't in scripture but it's yeah. this context always presented yeah if you take verses without the larger narrative it, it anything looks weird and so that yeah. was his that was his thing um so in the class we talk about this um, and I, i'm i need to write it in the actual document that they're looking at saying hey be aware partly i want to make see if they are aware or if they're just trusting the source because that's the mm-hmm. whole thing you can't just trust a source because we say it's good every source has problems i'm hoping they'll find on their own oh these are really problematic But in case they don't we talk about it in class yeah but uh, not everyone watches the videos, it turns out. And so some just say, oh, Big Testament is great.
0: Oh, and no. There's a <laughs> yeah, lot of
1: really good things about it. But then there are problems that are problematic, and the whole you know, context is maybe problematic.
0: Wow. That is interesting. We become very trusting. I noticed with my children, yeah. the really, really little ones, and I remember being a child myself and thinking this way, you hear God in a song and assume, oh, it's a worship song. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you didn't hear all the other 322 yeah. words that they said that was yes. absolutely not uh, yeah. Faith <laughs> right. <laughs> so right, yeah. we do, we have to be careful. That's very interesting because, right. um, we didn't have a long conversation about it yesterday. So I walked away thinking it must just be right. a Bible, right. kind of like the action Bible, right? Yeah. These comic strip Bibles that right, are actually meant for right. mm-hmm. educating a child, which yeah. I've
1: used those two in class as well. Saying, have Hey, you? what do you think of this illustration? Yeah. Um, the Lord's prayer it as it's all on one page. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting how they, Jesus has a great goatee and it's just an interesting illustration of it. Okay. Yeah. I,
0: my kids have a kids um, Bible, just a prayer book, mm-hmm. like a board book, yeah. a soft board book, yeah. and Jesus, like his beard, like half of it, <laughs> half of a sideburns gone on one side. Oh, because it's like well, who's editing this? Mm. Where's the editor mm. in this book? Got it. <laughs> but yeah, so huh. I just wonder about the age separation, you know, and that's one of those things too. A lot of times we, as parent, I'm gonna say we as parents, meaning just to, not just you and me, mm, right, <laughs> but yeah. just. Parents in general, we can see something and give it to our children and it, it, we can become so busy. I, mm-hmm. I would say parents and teachers, maybe we can become so busy that we don't examine something thoroughly and who has the time to really yeah. examine every piece of literature right. that comes our way. But cool. it, it's, it's really important.
1: It is, but, and but also important, I mean, this is just my own personal parenting thing. I don't say it's great for everyone if that's not your thing. But the goal is to raise your kids to succeed in this world and be able to handle... The world's going to be the world. It's always that way. And we I can't pretend they're in a hermetic bubble their whole life. Yeah. And so it's, as it's age appropriate, slowly unfold the world. And, you know, there are words you can hear but don't say because people use it. And there are things you should know about, but maybe don't say yourself. Or, do, like, you raise them that way. And so when they're really young, I wouldn't give them a testament. In college, I would show them, hey, look at this resource. Right? And so as the kid's appropriate, and that's our job as parents is to know right. what their age is. And so even well-intended things, if we give them a Bible that's all about uh jesus conquering they'll think that christianity is all about winning i'll never be broke i'll never be you know well that's a well-intended thing but they only have this very narrow context and they don't get it so that's we have to be mindful of the sources we give them but also take care of our kids and really pay attention to their developmental levels you Mm -hmm. know intellectually growing and growth-wise and emotionally all everything yeah Um, yeah that's
0: good um i like i like I like talking about kids. I like talking about learning. Yeah. So I think I've found the right person yeah. <laughs> to talk yeah. to. Do you have any, um, any really funny things that have ever happened in a class <laughs> that crack you up? Cause young people are so funny. They crack yeah. me up.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think of, of some that can be shared. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So there's, um, hmm. there's an old meme. Okay. old internet meme uh, and it was it's Leroy Jenkins so world of Warcraft older game and you what play with I'm sorry. World of Warcraft is a yeah. game when I played it it was a overhead view and you just move troops around but now you can play with people online and you're all questing you're all part okay. of, of a not a troop but a guild Is that yeah so and so you can your orcs or your humans or and you try and do you're just battling and trying to level up and it's one of his um, MMORPG I think massive multi-online players. Oh, so
0: you have people from all over the yeah. world. Yeah. I just, I'm very sorry, time. gamers.
1: I didn't say the right word, but yeah, <laughs> oh, people yeah. all over the world play. And
0: sorry, yeah. I have no idea. But the non-gamers are thanking me for stopping <laughs> yeah. and asking for clarification. Yeah. So this okay. is a
1: thing, a decade old or more. And one of these characters, uh, he's in his squad. It's not the right word, but they're going to go into this room and, and beat the room and get points. And you're supposed to be strategic about it. And one guy says, all right, you do this, you do this, you do that. And they have a plan of attack. And one guy, we don't know where he is, but he just screams, Leroy Jenkins, and runs in there. And everyone is, so this is the thing, they're cursing a bit because it's gaming online, so don't go show your kids this video. But this Leroy Jenkins meme is a guy who just rushed in there while someone's making a plan and everyone falls, everyone dies and people are like, oh, this is hilarious and it's just this thing and so I was talking about the Essenes, the Dead Sea Scroll writers and how they were, you know, they wanted to be God's people and it's context of the Old New Testament. Uh, They wanted to fight the Romans and so they, Leroy Jenkins did with the Romans and I was going on Uh and I just, I threw it in there and one student looked up and then she did that turtle thing with her hoodie where she just, disappeared it in with and no was time. laughing hysterically and no one else knew what was happening. And it was just that <laughs> moment of this thing that I was trying to connect with and no one got up with one person and this one student's cracking up and her face is on the desk and she's, It was to me, that's still one of the funniest things when you see that. You yeah. see, you say things and you try and draw from all parts of life to teach yeah. and they don't always land with everybody but watching some people get it is always amusing to me.
0: That's funny. Yes. I, well, things change way too fast
1: yes so
0: fast like the things that were funny Mm
1: -hmm. you know
0: just uh in the summer are no longer a thing anymore and so oh yeah i think i said a couple i've said a couple things to our students and i know they're just courtesy laughing me and i thought you know i'm just gonna stop i'm just gonna use normal english yeah and just pray that it all goes well and you like me anyway
1: yeah yeah i feel that's That's always the tension i feel of trying to be engaging and because we're trying to bridge both we say you know the church world and the secular world but also when we're teaching, we're trying to bridge this content and the people you're talking to. And so I don't pretend I'm a big gamer. I don't try and pretend I'm whatever the new thing is, but I'm at least aware of it and I see you. And that's maybe for me, a form of respect as a teacher of being aware of where kids are coming from, yeah. students, young people, not kids. Uh, and so that's part of it, but it's still, yeah. The, you can tell when I've, I've taken time to know pop culture mm-hmm. cause that gets dated very quickly. <laughs> and i need to re-up it and and learn new jargon and figure out how things are working now
0: yes hey by the way um young adults who are listening i do want to tell you when you hear like in this context Mm -hmm. i i have been i know you said kids i say it a lot and we catch ourselves i do want you to Mm -hmm. know it is truly a term of endearment we do not mean it in a condescending way at all i think i think because we feel such a heavy responsibility and love for you and that we even it is one of those things where we want to bridge that generational yeah, gap yeah. and help we it's it's one of those th- it honestly is said out of love i think i think yeah. a lot of people can say it in a really condescending way yeah, oh yeah. but i know dr espinoza when you say it i know here at our church at the oaks when we say it
1: yeah i'm
0: sure all over sagu if we say kids we honestly we don't we're not trying to treat you like a 2 year old no. it is we love you very much yes. and and we love you like a parent a parent would. Yeah. You know, and so. Yeah, like yeah. family.
1: And yes, uh, yes. I hated it when people called it this kid. I'm 20. I'm married. You're calling me a kid? Yeah. and I, the second I was a teaching assistant, it just flipped. Isn't that the, strange? But it, <laughs> am not trying to, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not condescending. It's tr- it's not, truly out of love. It's not
1: intentionally condescending. <laughs> it probably it, still received you know, that way. And you know, I know, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you're right, because I, I don't clarify enough. I really don't mean to be the old man yelling at clouds. It's yeah. just a term of endearment.
0: Yeah, sorry. The olds apologize. <laughs> yes, we're very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, well, do, are you familiar with any, any new terms that um, kids these days are saying? No, that young adults are saying? Have uh, you heard them in class?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, and to... I have teenagers myself, and so I ask, and I read okay. a lot. You know, I read a lot of just internet-y things, and you keep so up with. Uh, I, I try, culture. or yeah. it
0: kind of falls in your lap because you're reading yeah, a so lot.
1: Yeah, so a weird example, uh, in, an interesting example. Um, I have a, a, a lesson on the LOL Cat Bible, mm-hmm.
0: and is that LOL? LOL like Cat. Laughing, okay.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. laughing out loud cat. It's the big fat cat. I can have cheeseburger cat, which when I first put it together. Had just come on the market. It was just a new thing, and people didn't know what it was, and the students don't know what it was. And then for a couple of years, it was like, oh, this is the thing that we all know, no big deal. And then I've watched this lecture go full circle to this retro internet thing now, where they don't know it still, but they don't know it because it's so far in the past. This is like Web 1.0 or early memes. Like, it's, it's it's this thing that's that's just aged differently now. It's a vintage kind of a lesson.
0: I just. A lolcat being vintage blows yeah. my mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a Bible translated into lolcat. That, that's why we use it in class, because okay. the same skills of trying to make a, a poppy version of scripture is if you know what you're doing, you can do it well, but you can see often it doesn't go very well.
0: Yeah. Well, I just think of Vintage as like my LA Gears um, mm-hmm. before the internet was even a thing <laughs> and playing Foursquare on the yeah. blacktop. That's what I yeah think. Yeah, that's right. So it's so weird no, to think that we're actually in a um, was, in an age where internet's always been around for, mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of people. It's just always been a thing. Yeah, and and it, memes it, have always, always been a thing. Yeah. I
1: looked for podcasts on history and podcasts on Christianity, and there were two because it was that new. And I've watched the podcast world grow. And then die. I thought, well, podcasts were a nice fad. Now they've come back because of the earphone technology. But I mean, right. we watch this whole cycle go through, and it's a weird place to be and to to, to watch the internet evolve yeah. and be what it is now, and be this kind of weird in betweener generation of of just watching this affect our lives yeah. and how it affects our lives.
0: It's really interesting. Well, yeah. do you want to do you want to try? Do you want to try to do some back and forth things that uh, young people are saying today? Oh, you say one, I say one.
1: Oh man, <laughs>
0: is that putting you on the spot?
1: No, no. Well, so with the lolcat thing, the lolcat Bible does swear. It's the internet like the people use vulgar language for the parts of scripture where they're yelling at people or whatnot mm-hmm. and then the lego brick bible thing has some things that are inappropriate and so i'm just uh,
0: saying if armies were coming at me yeah. like impaling chopping off, and there might be some cuss words that right we're just and weren't aware were not aware were spoken right into. right and so so, <laughs> so I yeah i can see why i'm like. always
1: concerned though with when i cite these things people it's like when you cite a movie right oh did you see his latest movie and they go oh yeah. you watched that movie how dare you yeah like, i don't want to to throw that out there and lead people astray or give them the wrong right, impression. Right, right. So guys,
0: got that disclaimer, right? Yes, okay. yes. Okay. Don't be looking up old cat using it for for your kids' ministry, please. No, not kids' <laughs> ministry. Not. You will be fired. Yeah, that'll be... You will be released of your duties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you'll get an angry email. Yes. Or maybe text, yeah. however it goes. Well... Probably text. Okay. No, how but old's yeah. your oldest? My oldest? Yeah. 14. Oh, mine too. Okay, nice. Male or female?
1: Both, I've twins. <gasps> yeah
0: congratulations on your twins thank you yeah <laughs> that's, that's great. great how fun that you had so you have a boy and a girl yeah
1: we twin. went from zero kids to two kids in grad school <laughs> it was wild <laughs> you,
0: overachieving uh, do people say that when overachiever i'm like you, you're rude don't call yeah. me overachiever take right. my blessings I'm appropriately that's what I do. achieving Apro- <laughs> yeah. this is an appropriate achievement that's right thank you <laughs> that's neat i didn't realize you had twins yeah or, Maybe I knew and forgot.
1: No, I I don't. I don't always. I haven't said their names. I'm still a little. It's being that middle generation of privacy means something to me that doesn't mean to younger people. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no. I'm not gonna tell you if mine's a boy or girl. Yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) it's a girl. Well, there you are.
1: (laughs) It's one of those two.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No, that is a very important thing for them. Right. Privacy and that too. So that's why I didn't know. My
1: and I don't. I've always. I've always not preferred when people go in a stage area uh, often in class and talk about their kids or their puppies. I'm like, you know what? Your grandkids cute, but I'm not paying to talk about that. Buy me <laughs> dinner and we'll talk about your family. Yeah. Get back to the topic. And so I'm also both professionally and privacy wise often don't lead with here's what my kids are doing today.
0: Right, right. But
1: this is a different context and totally appropriate, so it's fine. Okay. Yeah.
0: I was just going to see what kind of cool terms you yeah. know. Like when, when my daughter, what did she say? Um, that's the tea that's spill the tea spill the tea yeah you're spilling it you're identifying that that's what it is mm-hmm. you ever drink it no
1: probably not oh yeah no i, I drink coffee and tea drink milk and no milk
0: yes. <laughs> all the teens are all. cringing right now I'm So hard. True, they're, tr- they're very cringing sorry teams. so hard this is yeah. great <laughs> and then i'll be in the middle of talking my and um some young people they'll go skirt do you hear that <laughs>
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> what,
0: what do you know about that? Well, um,
1: I will look it up after this. <laughs> there
0: was something else I was actually going to tell you, yeah. and I thought I actually thought let me look this up before I say it on a podcast. Yeah. And I looked it up. Kids are saying it now; they have no idea. So like the visco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. You just yeah, said it. <laughs> I know what that is. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we'll so I didn't know. Like the visco girls are talking about it. You <laughs> this, know what that Yeah, I know right? visco girls. I have a couple of them. Yes. In my... Yeah, it, it's just
1: the way I say basic person, which is a weird. Like, which is what I was right. in the nineties. Yeah, that was. I'm like,
0: I was the Visco girl. I didn't know I was right. that. Right, but
1: it's it's a weird thing where it's it's girls, not guy, for one, and it's it's defining normal or basic as middle class, upper middle class, and usually white women. Uh huh. And that's not not to to throw shame on that, but that I'm white, in case you didn't know. <laughs> but the, and the terms Espinosa. of Spinoza What's it? Uh, is Latino. that a German last name? Yes, it is, <laughs> <laughs> it is. He You nailed it. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. mixed. My, my my mom is is white. My dad's Latino. Okay, um, so a mix, mixture. Yeah, but yeah, largely Latino.
0: You know, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, Visco Girl is a white middle class. Girl right. who can afford that hydro flask? Mm-hmm. Nah. Exactly. Man, I Amazon that. I was like, no, no, yeah.
1: No, there's
0: a cup on the counter. Yeah, I think Walmart <laughs> has
1: a <laughs> silver cup I can maybe mark up like, but I'm not. Yeah, gonna, we can put pricing. some stickers on that. Yeah, dollar store stickers. Right, exactly. But that or before the the basic term of being oh you're so basic was basic white girl or or yeah. normcore. All these n- make this upper middle class very narrow demographic. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Everything else is other. And so no one's saying your other no belong, but when normal becomes this very narrow-gated community, that can get problematic. And so in our classes, we talk about this all the time because it's sociology. And then in the church, we think, well, I like, guess, yeah, fine, we drink pumpkin spice lattes, and that's great. That's not how you drink a latte. So <laughs> <That's> how you <laughs> serve. Guys, he Love gave a hang loose sign. But we did, know what yeah, that means. California uh, came out. That
0: does not mean pumpkin spice no. latte when you put that up to your lips. It <laughs> means hang <out. laughs> It's just peachy. <PG. laughs> <laughs> that's right.
1: It's something else. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, pumpkin spice
0: lattes in churches.
1: But that's fine. But if that becomes what Christianity is, it's explicitly not welcome to people who aren't from those backgrounds, who can't afford to drive to your church, which is isolated out in the middle of nowhere. Like those are the things that. Demographically, if the church gets so insular into one, you don't even know that you're doing it. Yeah. But all of a sudden, we're looking around saying, "Why is everyone looking the same here?" Yeah, it's because structurally we've done things to normalize a very narrow demographic, and that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, anyway, the the fiscal girl that's is just the it. iteration of that, which is iteration of that, which was Valley Girl, right? About when we were growing up, mm-hmm. same thing, like
0: totally, Totes. yeah, totally Valley Girl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I wanted to go to California. So. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. But that was the same very upper class, you know, mm-hmm. lifestyle that was normal. And so yeah. th- that whole thread is this really interesting phenomenon of what is normal. And then what can we make fun of? We make fun of it because, oh, it's female. We moderate their speech with um, all sorts of speech patterns to make fun of. and, and like, all what yeah. Yeah. Like, totally. like what I just did? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like like what I just did. Yeah. And the grindy one OMG. now. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. All that is part of this whole notion of... Who we get to pick on, what's normal and what's other, and that—that that really can get insidious when that becomes not just like a funny thing, but that becomes actually how you think of the world and how leaders in an organization think of the world. That's all part of it. If I you have love a youth this group, yeah, keep,
0: no, keep talking. I love this. It's <laughs> so yeah. good.
1: Yeah, well, it's yeah, yeah. We think a lot, and, yeah. and this is this is we see this historically play out. Part of it is the benefit of seeing history and seeing how whatever becomes normal gets in control and then everyone else is othered and excluded
0: even if there's okay so like the visco girl the valley girl all mm-hmm. of that the basic the normal core mm-hmm. that was i mean it's kind of made fun of mm-hmm. it, it's almost it's almost like the girls are like i'm a visco girl it's it's the dumbest thing and so i'm gonna be it right so it's but, a little bit of both but do you think that
1: it was the 90s. Remember the 90s? Everything is ironic, but not really. Not the song, but just we did everything in kind of a pre 9-11 world. Mm. We're just kind of, uh, you know, we're so angsty yeah. and we're going to wear this thing ironically. But then it becomes we try and walk that line. But really, it just becomes who you are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's good and bad with that. But if it comes exclusive or if, the say, the social class that becomes normative for whatever structure you're, you're trying to build, if there's a history of them being oppressive to others or doing this on the backs of others, that's also problematic. And it's also now if we say Jesus in church is, this is the normal Bible in this English translation of this social status. And all my examples are iPhones and lattes. Mm-hmm. There is an underside that people will hear you and say, oh, well, you don't, you don't see me. You're not for me. And maybe yeah. Jesus isn't for me because your Jesus is this and sings with this meter. And this is like." That whole thing can be problematic if it gets out of hand. That's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. We were, um, just talking before the podcast, we had a little conversation about how great you are. And so the, you know, we've got some students here or sure. they they've been through your classes. They're graduates now and been through your classes talking about, um, taking hermeneutics with you. Mm-hmm. And I forgot the name of, uh, there's a book. About, oh, reading the Bible through Western eyes? Yeah. Is that what it's called?
1: Misreading the Bible with Western eyes.
0: Misreading. That makes more, it that does. Makes more sense. Well, yeah. it
1: sounds aggressive, and it's not it's not an anti-Western thing. It's so now, I didn't realize the first time we, you chose a book, and this is a departmental decision to pick this book as one of the main books. Um, it's missionaries who went to Indonesia. Okay. So it's, it's it's Midwestern people who went to seminary, and they're trained, and they have their degrees, and they went to Indonesia as missionaries and realized through this missionary experience that a lot of what they thought was Christian was middle-class American. Wow. And that experience is what drove the book. So they came, wrote the book and said, hey, here are lessons we've learned. And it's a sociology book. It's talking about honor and shame. It's talking about, uh, you know, dyadic communities and, and just all sorts of pretty technical things you'd have in other textbooks, but written from a missionary's perspective, from an insider saying, hey, look, man, we, we love Jesus. You know, you do too. And these are verses we've read. And maybe here's how you're misreading it because we did the same thing and we didn't realize it until we went to Indonesia. And, we saw, and they tell stories of people there forcing them to recognize the differences. And so the title can sound aggressive and like, oh, what kind of screed is this? It's not. It's missionaries who say, let's focus on the Bible. And, and Western values, And those are fine. That works in this culture. We're not of this world though. Yeah. And if we assume that Jesus is this Jesus or that Jesus or that brand of Jesus and we confuse the two the missionaries know this firsthand. That gets really problematic. And so the book is trying to get at that. And so part of the class is structured around that book where we look at examples and really flesh it out in the classroom.
0: Okay. Is um, is that book, do you think that's a book that just yeah. nor just anyone could just get up and read, uh, get it and read, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. would it need some instruction along with it? It's no, not a text. No, it's, it's not, not written textbook. to be
1: a textbook okay. with, uh, with like quizzes. So I've done things with that to make it textbooky, Okay, but it's designed from the marketing perspective. It's for the interested layperson or just anyone interested in cross-cultural communication or anyone doing any sort of ministry. It's just a good book to read to make you think about your assumptions. Okay. And the thing, the thing we emphasize in class is that this is not saying this group is bad because often mm-hmm. it comes across that way, mm-hmm. right? You're in majority culture and you're bad. What we're saying is, Every group, every one of us, we have blind spots because of how we're raised. And so the answer is not to tear any one group down. It's to broaden the table and have us listen to each other. And then our blind spots, I can see yours, you can see mine. And so as you research for the class, as you read, be mindful of who you're reading. And there are people who I disagree with strongly. I still read their literature because they're asking questions that I would never ask. And I have different answers, but at least I can ask the question now because I've read this person's work or that person's work and so we're trying to do it in a way where we're taking folks from all over and saying look you're here in this class now and we're going to help you read this book and think of these things and do it in a way that's healthy where it's definitely not you know dominant culture is bad and, and we're good it's look we need to as christians realize jesus transcends all of this he's not for any particular one culture he's for he's for for god and we're we're part of that kingdom part of that community and so we're Americans who are there and so we talk about our cultural things when missionaries talk about their cultural things and, and that's part of the the healthy discussion we're trying to have in the course.
0: Okay. Have you um sent a biblia? Have you are you familiar with mm-hmm. that that book? I would think yeah that, the translation that of the bible well, oh no it's a different one no it's actually a book about how we interpret scripture based on our background mm. and so um he comes he comes from a a, a different background where the the culture would see it differently i'm sorry i don't know the author that's I'll what i'll find look it, it up. but it was i i needed to that that was a book i got to read for a class of oh. mine and you know and let me see i wonder if i can find it but anyway the point is it it was like that too it wasn't mixing the eastern western culture as much as it was cultures within mm-hmm. the western culture mm-hmm. uh and and some cultures who have been historically oppressed mm-hmm. by the majority culture mm-hmm. um but you know, it's super interesting yeah. um, taking scriptures that we see one way, but understanding yeah. okay, maybe that's not what that author actually meant, but that's what the the Western world right in
1: English the word means that, and I've maybe misread that because it's not written in English. Yeah, and so this is the thing you get this just by taking a language. If you're a translator, <laughs> you're getting all this in the act of translation. But not everyone does that. No one has the time to do that. I, I get that. Um, but at least in classes like this or other missions courses or other classes we're doing the same sort of thing where we're, we're not trying to shake you and say now nah, we'll tell you the truth because we're not jesus either jesus is jesus mm-hmm. but we're trying to say hey look man let's look at scripture closely and let's talk about it and and through that process we can each learn something from each other and learn more about scripture and maybe see things we never really thought before
0: that's good yeah. well thank you for your perspective and everything yeah. and this just makes me want to have you on again even really to talk a lot about oh, that yeah oh um, gosh i think that would be great i'm, I'm in yeah yeah that's yeah well dr espinoza has been fun yeah thank, thank you. you it's
1: been it's fantastic i appreciate it
0: good yes you guys i hope you were blessed by this uh as blessed as i was i know you were <laughs> and <laughs> i hope you joined us again yeah. next week we'll see you later guys bye